Consequence Podcast Network. Well, after that false start, I don't even know what to say anymore. Neither do I. It's just a bundle of chaos. You know what? I'm just going to make some ice noise. Ooh. I love a good ice noise. It's I have tinkly. like a vast repertoire of sounds that I can make with things I'm drinking specifically <laughs> because of the drunk cast. Is that right? Yeah, I have mastered the audible sip. Are you ready? Okay. Ooh. Oh, just a little bit of just slur. Just a little. And then a little... Yeah. Uh, we recorded like an episode genitals. last week where I was, um, I'm doing a dry February and uh, we did an episode last week where obviously I was not drinking because I'm doing a dry February and you yeah. could hear the sound of me pushing the little dropper on the bitters I was putting in my club soda. You could hear uh-huh. it go like, and then you could hear it go like, tick, 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 tick. it was cool. Oh, that's <laughs> some real Foley work here. Yeah, tonight. lessons in uh, art, this you know. real radio. Brought to you by Mercury Radio Theater. And welcome to TV Party, the podcast where we talk about television brought to you by Consequence of Sound. I'm Allison Shoemaker. Oh, I'm Clint Worthington. I'm Jacob Aller. And we are going to talk about all kinds of shit today. We are unfortunately going to talk about that shit without Kate Kulsik, because what you didn't hear, <laughs> listeners, what you just missed was us spending 20 minutes, mm-hmm. tw- just over 20 minutes, trying to get a three people in the same room, one person on Skype session going, which is nowhere near as filthy as it sounds. Technology's hard, guys. It didn't work out, and Kate uh, Kate Kulsik of the Televerse is such a genius, you'll hear her on the next episode that we do. I'm going to go ahead and try to slip all of her picks in because they're really good and really smart and then See, if you that if you too. bump yeah. into her at the Burger King oh god you can you can ask her about these things that she brought up cuz she's so smart and also tell her come on Kate show a little self respect Burger um, King so before we jump into our picks of the week and stuff I, I feel like there are some cool things that got announced in TV this week is there anything anything that got announced or happened that you're super oh, excited about I am very yes. stoked about Bradley Whitford on the Handmaid's Tale Oh, oh shit. Yeah. I'm like, like super idea. into this. I'm low level hoping what it means is we're going to, na- not low level, I'm strenuously hoping that what it means <laughs> is that the show is going to navigate away from Joseph Fiennes, uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. who just doesn't really do it for me. Because it it's He's the kind niche. of it's the kind of creepiness that He's like very clearly the lesser finds. I I don't think I was supposed to be as creeped out as I was, and his brother was Voldemort. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. So um, anyway, because he's playing a commander, I'm hoping it means that we're going to like swap the finds for the Whitford, which I think is yeah. a definite upgrade. I think the fun thing about Whitford is that after Get Out, where he proved he was the whitest man, yeah, he is now getting a chance to prove that he is the manest man. Oh yeah. Oh, very true. Very true. I think he's just he. He picks really interesting he's projects, wonderful. and he's nobody's so spinning their their white masculinity into success more than he is. <laughs> Indeed, it's incredible. He's like, well, this is. Him. He's like, it's terrible everywhere else, but I'm sorry. I guess I'm a villain yeah. now. I'm sorry. It's it's just him and Joel McHale are spinning their white maleness better Wait, than is anybody Joel else. Joel McHale spinning. I mean, he just is. I mean, he's in yeah. Santa Clarita Diet season two. Yeah, Hot that's my shit. that's my news that I'm excited about. Yeah, is it really? Because I fucking loved Santa. Clarita It was Diet. a good show. I gave up after one episode. Should I, I be oh, yes. back? I think for Oliphant alone. Fun. For Oliphant's the secret star. Okay. Oliphant's hilarious. The show is so secretly smart. Uh-huh. Uh And <laughs> it is extremely weird because it sets up all of these strange premises. Like it's a zombie. You're gonna have to kill people to eat people. And then 
obviously you're thinking like, where are they going to get the people? And then it becomes <laughs> a murder show about hiding all of these people that they eat. Oh, cool. But they still maintain this like sunny suburban Oh tone. my God. And it's like great. the way they shoot it, it's super bright and all the colors are really popped. I mean, it looks like West Covina. Like it looks like mm-hmm. it's a crazy <laughs> ex of murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, We'll right. be getting to that later. True. Um, this would be a good point to remind everybody of the Michael Snydell clause, which is yes. where we say- God, I hate um, Michael Snydell clause. <laughs> <laughs> when, he pushed, when he pushed Santa Claus off of that roof. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, he would make the Santa Claus. best and worst Santa Claus. So when we talk about shows that aired this week, we're going to talk about what happened in those shows. Uh-huh. In the description, you can find timestamps of when things are, which should guide you gently toward <laughs> shows that you've already seen. But for example, if you haven't watched the finale of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, you're going to want to jump to the point. In, yeah. a, in a little bit here, you'll want to jump to the point where um, we're no longer talking about that show. Right, right. Um, uh, but there... what the fuck are you doing? Just go ahead and watch it. It's right. on the CW app. Indeed, indeed. The CWC. Um, oh, I know, it's a bad name. What is the other C for? CWC? Oh, seed. Like of a plant. My, like, no, my that's, seed no, is healthy. Bad. It is bad. My seed is healthy. Well, because there's the normal CW app, and then CW seed is like where they put all the old shows that got canceled. Oh, shucks. Gee yeah. whiz. I'm catching up on shows. CW seed is healthy. See, no? no. I mean, like, no, I'm impressed. I wasn't going to interrupt. The seed yeah, is healthy. Right. Yeah, it's, healthy. I have yeah. this completely useless skill of, that was a bad example of it, but of being able to, um, to fit... Uh, just things I would normally say into the meter of existing songs, mm, and yeah. I'll just go, I'll just go. Yeah, it's like it's like I saw the episode of Seinfeld where he goes, "Believe it or not, George isn't at home," and then somehow <laughs> decided that was going to be my superpower. I yeah, have that for uh, Paradise City a lot. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. But there is one last bit of news that I just remembered happened. Uh, Jeffrey Tambor is officially off Transparent now. Yeah. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. him. Yeah, that's yeah. Get him out of here. Yeah. The, yeah, the person. Yeah, not- I don't. That's not one that I feel the need to yeah. handle delicately. Yeah. No, um, unapologetic shitbag. I, I never in a million years thought I would be comparing Jeffrey Tambor to Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, but I think usually when somebody is like fuck you, the problem isn't me, the problem is you, you motherfuckers, that's a pretty clear indication that they're guilty. You know what I mean? Like, the lady doth protest too much, methinks. Yeah. Um, um, because it is just, it's a lot, and I, the fact that it was happening on this show that was supposed to be this safe haven. Yeah. Is the fact just, it was so many people. Oh, I know. It was everybody on the yeah. show, apparently. Tamper was all over. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And it just, it makes it feel like, it, it taints he, the show. He targeted also. the show specifically. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah, it does feel like that. Because, and I, you know, who knows what we're going to hear about his other projects. He's obviously done lots of other things. Yeah. Um, but it's just a little bit hard to imagine that if that kind of shit was happening on, say, Arrested Development, that at this point we wouldn't have heard about it. Right. Yeah. Which doesn't mean that he wasn't abusing people during the filming of Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. But it does seem a little bit like maybe he just waited until he was on a show where he thought he could get away with it. And yeah. who, who the fuck knows? But fuck that it's, guy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He's well, not the best part of that show anyway. Like, he's the one who's won <laughs> the most awards, but he's not the best part of Transparent. Because I was wondering if Transparent was going to try to do a House of Cards style pivot towards, like, a leadless show where they try to focus on some of the other characters. But I don't know Transparent as well, so I don't know, like, what that would fall there's, back on. Oh, there's a ton. It's yeah. a It's a big cast of interesting characters. I mean, Judith Light's on that show. 
Very true. How much do you need when you have Judith Light? The lesser Duplass is on that show. <laughs> well, Gabby Ho- Gabby Hoffman, who I just, love. We're just insulting every everybody's yes. brother. On Everyone's this show. the lesser. Yes. Hi there. Welcome, welcome to TV party. Welcome. Fuck your brother. <laughs> Get out of here. This is the lesser. We want edition. the A list. Uh, no. Apparently, this one's going to be called the one where we fuck your brother. So can't uh, wait for it that. It is now. It is now. Is there anything else? What I mean, we got. Uh, more information about this Charmed reboot, which I'm not excited about. Sorry. Uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yes, is getting... Uh, Lucy... M- Michelle Gomez is going to be yeah. uh, one of the teachers. The aunt got cast. Oh, yeah. Lucy, it's the, the woman, the comedian who played... Wonder Woman secretary in the Wonder Woman. Oh, Jenny Davis. No. no. What am I thinking of? Her name is Lucy. What is her Lucy, last name? Lucy Davis. Um, it might be Lucy Davis. Lucy Davis. I always get Lucy Davis and Judy Davis. But from, from Shaun of the Dead and yes, from like a million other things. She right. was pre-Pam. She, she was Dawn. Hilarious and yeah. wonderful. Yes, Lucy Davis. Yeah. Um, God, I hope they find a way to get her into Wonder Woman. Oh, hey, here's another thing. Mm-hmm. I guess, let me ask you. You know, of course, we were at the same screening. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't yet seen Black Panther, just be aware that yeah. there's no way that Black Panther isn't going to come up at least a couple of times while we're talking about this. Yeah. Because it's just, it's everywhere all the time now. But so. also, there's no spoilers about Black Panther. You could guess the ending of Black Panther right now. I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to tell you the great things that happened because I want you to experience it for yourself. Yes, I might. It was, okay. <laughs> you did. Um, <sighs> uh, but we'll talk about but the hair. At some point, I'm going to find a way to work the hair of Black Panther into conversation because oh, yes. I'm, just, I'm just obsessed with all the incredible hair and makeup styling and the amazing mm-hmm. costume design and the whole... You know, it's just you could it's take great. it or leave it. It's know? great. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, top three Marvel. Yeah, it's, yeah I'm it's, real... that's that's as far as I'm able to go. Yeah, top yeah. three Marvel. Top three. I don't want to point fingers. I mm-hmm. think I voted top three for it in our in the COS ranking, which you can mm-hmm. find consequenceofsound.net. It's the Marvel dissected every Marvel movie and TV show ranked from best to worst. Yes, number one. Marvels and humans. Not just kidding. Dead <laughs> oh, last. Oh. Could not have been more last. I just got douche chills. Um, it is just the fucking worst. No, it's um number four for us. Yeah, I think so. It's no, it's for sure number four. Yeah, yeah. it's um Guardians, Iron Man three, and then Love Iron Man three. Yeah, I mean it's great. Um, I just I was and I'm then continually shocked that it's uh, that high. Civil War, and then Black I'm shocked. Panther. Guardians is that high. It's like got it's got a little magic. Guardians mm-hmm. is very. Fun. It's not my it's number fun. one, it's, yeah. but it's, it's in but it's in my top five. Just yeah. for how bad they do Gamora, it is lower for me because yeah. damn, she gets not a nothing. Yeah. She she becomes the mom of. See, the, I just the I love. Yeah. You know what? This is totally off topic, but it's fine. Sure. just a real quick another little moment about Guardians. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene where Groot like sends out the spores, the glowing mm. spores, uh-huh. um, hit me like a fucking Mack truck. I don't know. It was like, it's very wait, pretty. save the fucking planet. This movie is telling us to save the planet. And I yeah, am yeah. not sure that that's what James Gunn was telling us, but it's what I got from it. And for mm. whatever reason, it just like, I still, I think about it. And you I just want chills. a Swamp Thing movie. Uh, not really. No. no. Save, eh. save the planet. Uh, yeah. What I want is a, so, I want a film length version of Josh's, Josh's ex girlfriend is crazy with an extra long section of Rebecca running around in that shrub costume. Uh, I'll yeah, take yeah. that instead okay. of a sure, Swamp sure. Thing movie. Should we pivot? Um, that sounds like a good That's chance a pivot. to pivot. No That's more news. Nobody cool has some more news. Uh, no. All right. Nothing well, happened on TV. <laughs> this week's featured episode mm-hmm. is Nathaniel is irrelevant. The season finale of the third season of Crazy Ex Girlfriend, mm-hmm. which has not yet gotten announced for season renewal um, but my hopes are high yes um, so again this would be a particularly good time to move away because it's a pretty dramatic yeah. 
episode yeah. with Night a Delaware. lot yeah. of plot and a, a major turn of events. So, you know, I don't like the word spoilers, but if you don't want to be, be spoiled, be, be, yeah. this is the time to go be fuck gone. your brother. Be gone. You know something crazy? While we while we kill time for them to, to leave, <laughs> I found out that the actor that plays Nathaniel and I went to the same high school. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. We are Texans both. Well, there you go. Well, he's good at his job. He, he does douche pretty well. I thought he was really great last night. No, he are was we good. done? Are we done filling time now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Full dive on, on it. That, that second, the, the, the when he hit the word no in uh, the build up to the chorus and that duet, oh, I laughed so hard. It's really good. It's it's so great. It's that no. It just made me laugh really hard. <laughs> this is where I should say that. Okay, and you'll hear more about that and other songs in the next episode we have coming out this week which is just about the music of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend mm-hmm. uh, an episode in which Kate Kulsik will be appearing um, she uh, writes and speaks so articulately about music her full time job is she is a violinist and a violin teacher and she's just mm-hmm. incredibly thoughtful particularly about scoring but she really liked what that song was doing musically and was not into it lyrically I was so yeah. into it lyrically oh, I was super into so it. Was I, it made yeah. me laugh so hard that when they got so to great. everything being the Big Bang's fault, I just like oh, God, died. So it's incredible. Was resurrected, died again. Fun coincidental fact: uh, there's a podcast out there called the Bigfoot Collectors Club. It's run by um, two comedians, one of whom is Michael McMillan, who plays Tim on the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, and it's about they bring interesting people on, typically actors, to talk about paranormal experiences, like oh, nice. their own experiences mm-hmm. with skepticism and things, and and then they'll pick like a famous paranormal or, or story or urban legend or anything you like, um, and talk about that. And it's great. But the not the most recent episode, the episode before that was with their guest was Rachel Bloom, and she was talking about sort of her childhood as a non-observant Jew, and then growing up in a community that was largely Christian, and having her friends be worried that she was going to hell, and then being really anxious about whether or not she was going to hell, and did she need to convert to Christianity, and having this moment, having this experience um, where... She and it's uh, really worth listening to, so I won't say what the experience was, but where she suddenly realized that she didn't believe in any of that because what was actually happening is, of course, she was responsible for all of her own choices. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't fate and it wasn't destiny. It was her making one choice that led to another choice. And she was responsible for her time on Earth. And that was sort of what led her to atheism, which in turn led her to skepticism. It's a fascinating conversation. And then I watched this finale and I was like, oh, right. Um, So which they filmed, I think, in October. Wow. So, Uh yeah, it was a while ago at this point. So, um, yeah, I really as like a supplemental piece to this episode, it's really, really worth listening to. Also, she's just fucking hilarious. Yeah. And so was Michael McMillan. Yeah, yeah, she's great. And then independent of Rachel, though, we get that wonderful subplot with the actual delivery of the baby, the hospital visit. That first musical sequence, though, with with, Amazing. with with Donald and Champlin is so beautiful. That that Earth Mother sort of sixties folk music thing. We'll talk about children. the music of the the songs in this episode. Yeah, that music is yeah. incredible. It's, I know it's so beautiful. Like and I just the, love the little the kids, the vocal turns children. that she pulls off while delivering basically oh, yeah. just a science lesson is unbelievable. Yeah, like turning into Joni Mitchell kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so fantastic. That that one made me laugh harder than anything. That one made me yeah. hate harder than anything. I was like, yeah. no, no. It was so funny. There's a great piece in yeah. Vulture um, 
that I'm sure will still be making the rounds when you're hearing this on Monday or whenever you listen to it, uh, where they embedded a writer with the show for the creation of this episode. He spent weeks with them and they were talking about how that song got written. And it was basically just Jack Dolgan and Adam Schlesinger interviewing all of the female writers on the staff, of which there are many, (laughs) many of whom are mothers because none of the three primary songwriters are Mm -hmm. mothers, right? I mean, two of them are men and one of them is Rachel Bloom, who's not a mother. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was basically them asking asking really frank questions, getting incredibly yeah. frank answers and being horrified yeah. and then trying to figure out which was the best way to convey their horror in this beautiful music. Uh, yeah. My personal favorite was that when um, when she went, it's called The Bloody Show. That was... <laughs> she's so funny. She's great. She's Did you say you're watching Another Period? Somebody said they're watching mm-hmm. Another Period. Mm-hmm. She is yeah. killing it on Another Period this, this year too. Just like, yeah. she's great. I think she's... If there was one breakout star from the from the show, I think it's definitely her. Yeah, because she. Yeah. You mean her? Other than Rachel Bloom, right? No, yeah. of course. Okay, I mean, because she's like the creator. I mean, everybody right. knows about her because of the yes. show. Yeah, but the way she's come out of like not only just being a singer, like the widely respected, very talented singer, like her comic timing is just unbelievable. Like Dynamite. her her delivery yeah. of just well, the expressiveness the craziest of her face things. too. Yeah. Speaking of facial expressiveness, why Josh is back. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, made me so happy. Yeah, he yeah. got the most expressive face on the show, I it's, would say. Yeah, that's that's possible. I, I think I was at first, I was initially bothered by like, oh, this is how they're going to wrap up. Like, oh, he's going to go back to why Josh. But but I think I, I'm more largely happy with how it ended. Well, up. I think it ended on a relatively ambiguous note. Right. Because it was so nice to see friends. them together again and they can be friends. Mm-hmm. But then there's this moment of white Josh asking to hold the baby. And mm-hmm. so they've created this like tentative ambiguity where if they wanted to they Mm -hmm. could sort of work up to white josh realizing that he actually did want to be a parent and then there's a road for them to get back together yeah i think it's more likely that they'll just stay friends right yeah but um it was a really low it was like a little oasis in that crazy ass episode yeah it furthers that that relationship is the healthiest on the show in the show's history because there is intimacy there without a lot of baggage i mean there's still possibility there's potential in that intimacy Mm -hmm. but they're able to have intimacy without expectation which is incredible considering all the other bullshit that the rest of the show's relationships put us particularly knowing that daryl is like right out of the closet right Mm -hmm. that they both have failed relationships in their past although josh judgmental though he may be seems to be the most grounded and stable character mm-hmm. on the show. Well, until he went yeah. on like a Mexico getaway. I don't know. I'm not sure that I think that's all that unhealthy. Recognizing that the place you're in is bad for you, that you're having a hard time getting over your ba- your breakup and deciding what you want to do is leave town and volunteer. That doesn't seem like a totally, that mm-hmm. seems like someone who understands what's holding them back who sure. then goes as to find a way to get As far as impulsive rebound decisions go, right. they're yeah. far less healthy. Uh, I think it's much yeah, better than just... burning your ex's stuff in the sink and then getting poo on your shoe. It's not yes, good. I no. rewatched that episode this week as a part of building <laughs> oh, the... this song list. Or getting hit by a bus. Oh, or getting yes. hit by a bus. Oh, Breaking boy. every bone in your body. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then eating a lizard. There's this great video. If you go to Eileen Brush McKenna's Twitter account, there's this great video of the the props master demonstrating how that lizard that they built for him to eat works and it is great. I've watched it like 15 times. <laughs> that's right. That's what it's I've best. done with Paul Welsh singing the um, 
the the theme song from last season. I'm just season. a boy in love. I'm just yeah. a boy in oh. love. No, that and was, it is it's so good. His crazy ass face is yeah. my favorite image from that entire show. It's it's just pretty great. Staring at the camera mouth agape smiling like a madman it uh-huh. is it burned I, into my brain it's perfect casting Yo, and yeah. i think the fact because he's the so trent returns, um, returns. Yeah, yeah and we've been every this time we've Dexter watched moment. him there's always been something about him that's off and kind of creepy and part of what's made him so funny is that it's obviously creepy inappropriate stalker behavior but there is something also sort of appealing about him where like well, so th- there's the cooking and, right. and he yeah. just wants to sleep at the foot of her bed which is creepy but he's good on for a stalker he's surprisingly good, <laughs> good on consent, consent. Yeah. you know what I mean so then when he goes to this extreme in this episode in the way that Rebecca does and Josh's ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. is crazy it's um, like more upsetting than it would be normally no I well think. Trent yeah. is ultimately a reflection of Rebecca Absolutely. it is just yeah. because he is showing when a man does some of these these behaviors how utterly terrifying it is and how we register immediately like oh these are crimes this is a crime this is a crime yeah this is terrifying behavior and then when rebecca does it we are being trained retroactively to be like oh no the protagonist of the show has done all of these as well mm-hmm. yeah and when yeah. he returns and goes off the deep end we're like oh yeah she's done all this before and so it leads to the conclusion mm-hmm. being ultimately pretty satisfying yeah. yeah well and going right down to the sort of culminates in that scene where she just sits everyone down and is like okay I'm confessing all of this terrible shit. And I love Paula's reaction. I love sort of the lack of forgiveness justifiably Mm. that that she gives her, which is like, no, this is not like just because you're honest with me doesn't make me forgive you. Totally. The episode was very hard to balance. And I think they did a good job because there is Uh so much heavy shit. Yeah. And so much goofy stuff like everything in the birth subplot is very silly and very sweet. And everything in Rebecca's story is horrifying and sobering and like mile a minute heart poundingly sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I had some issues with the episode. I, um, God, I have to assume at this point I've mentioned this on the show, but if I haven't, I mm-hmm. review Crazy Ex-Girlfriend for the AV Club every week. Aline Brash McKenna and Rachel Bloom and their incredible team of writers, all of who've been with the show from the beginning, do such a good job of making sure that the things that seem like plot holes are never actually plot holes, that some of the implausible things that happened in this episode were really hard for me to swallow. Same here. I th- and like yeah. I think that the first 10 minutes are pretty much perfect maybe a little past 10 minutes i think that the ending is incredible despite some implausibility but there's a little like we go from rebecca seeing trent in the elevator to rebecca racing to this party in what feels like no time at all oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and the build is just like it just wasn't there it for me really i've seen artificial. it a couple of times now and it became more jarring as i watched it not less mm-hmm. um and i was thinking more about the things that kind of bugged me not less um and it doesn't diminish the things that were great and more than anything else i think it's just an incredibly exciting direction mm-hmm. for the show because i have yeah. no fucking oh, idea yeah. where they're the gonna new go uh-huh. Like, Ooh, that's really good. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. Oh, stop it. <laughs> um, but knowing that, like, I, I mean, Paula's in law school. Are we looking in a situation where somehow Paula ultimately ends up working to try to get some kind of conviction overturned? Or, like, right. is somebody going to go, hey, that was a really good speech, but, like, your boyfriend who was 
the person that you were reportedly saving yeah. can't represent you? Like, is yeah. that going to happen? Like you got to recuse yourself. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. like, there was no attempt to like, it's even a, an attempt yeah. to subpoena Instagram or something. Like, there's no. I mean, we're in pre-trial the, the, here. We're yeah. still at, we're right. still giving our. The uh, thing that bothered what? me from the get, though, three people saw him yeah. with a knife. Not they can't just excuse it. Oh, uh, he's, he's, he's the bread carver. Right. Yeah. That's why he's, he's holding ca- it like this what, over George? someone's back. George, yeah. I'm gonna just ignore and interrupt uh, that. What a George. bad George <laughs> yeah. episode too. Yeah. <laughs> right. Although you know what, his I'll um, take the bag of ice, his when he comes with the ice, I liked that little moment. But yeah, I not George's like, finest. Hour. I didn't like any of the party, and I really don't like what the show's done with Mona. I think. Yeah. It's like I get that she is supposed to be. She's supposed to feel like a prop because to. To Nathaniel. To Nathaniel, yeah. she is a prop. But the way she's handled throughout this episode and the way the whole party is handled and the way all of this is, uh, like, constructed as a a small, like, patch over a, a bigger pothole in this road, mm-hmm. it feels very artificial to me. Like, we all know that this is bullshit and, like, tr- quit trying to pretend it's not. Like, yeah, it, there could have been a better It feels like an artificial dilemma. Right, then, like, ooh, there's going to be a party and everybody's going. Like, are we... Okay. Yeah. Well, there's a chance that Mona will end up like the... Um, I The one that always pops out to me is the incredibly rapid pace at which Rebecca spent money in the first season which always seemed like a giant plot hole <laughs> right. that then wasn't that was then something they were actually working towards Mona becomes a villain in next season something uh-huh. yeah if there's I mean, like another way great. of exploring the actress who plays her yeah, yeah she's right. terrific mm-hmm. um and I think that she's handled all of her stuff, not that there's been that much of it, right. really nicely. I think that the likelihood that we see more of her is pretty mm. high. It, this seems like a show unlikely to dismiss a character yeah. like that without any sort of a final moment. Right. One character that I fear they may do that to is Josh. Josh Chan, because yeah, I'm they still have, no they have no idea what to do with him. Though. Yeah, that's like, what I think. I, I'm these last couple episodes, like he popped in in the final episode. I'm like, oh yeah, Josh is still in this show. I don't know what he's doing right now because he's still sort of finding himself. Yeah, I th- I think they'll figure it out because they figured yeah. it out with Valencia. It took them yeah. a while, yeah, sure. but they like for a while I was like, why is Valencia still here? Well, clearly it's because they really want to keep working with Gabrielle Ruiz. Like mm-hmm. that's why Valencia is still right. in the story. But they found a way to work her in. And she's not in as frequently as she might be otherwise, but I think um, that it's good that she's still there. And yeah. I think and I that love her relationship. Well, seeing her on the tangent, like also finding herself, yeah, like mm-hmm. in contrast with Josh, who's finding himself in a different, more personal way, yeah, is is it's very satisfying. But I also kind of wish it was just another show. Like, where is the mm-hmm. Valencia Josh spinoff? Because it feels sec- <laughs> it feels secondary to what is being held as important to the to the writers. A, a little bit. I mean, I, I think we're maybe we're just getting to the point that the show is on a long enough timeline and hasn't really let go of a lot of characters that mm-hmm. were just the, the ensembles building larger and larger. Right. And so, you know, they're fighting for screen time. Yeah, they've really, o- the only person who's actually left the show is Santino Fontana. Yeah. And they've added one series regular in that, well, two now, Scott Michael Foster and David Hall. The regular cast has gotten bigger, not yeah. smaller. And in the, the supporting I guess characters like are getting weird Karen, roles. Weird Karen went away, too, so there's that. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I'm having a manic episode. <laughs> That you Good know times. what that I can't. I'm not gonna look up that actress's name right now because I'm feeling really lazy and mm-hmm. um, I just don't want to make loud typing noises. Um, and I know most of this cast, so that one woman she can 
she can forgive me. Yeah. Um, but the, of all of the jokey reprises, and there are so many of them, and I love so many of them, I think, what's a girl to do when she's stuck between men, especially when one of the men is a snake, is just, <laughs> it makes me laugh every time I think about it. Like, it just makes me laugh oh, so hard. I need to revisit that. that um, other thoughts about the Crazy X finale? I'm just, I'm just really excited to see what season four will be like if she like has an extended stay in the clink. Uh, that would be great. I yeah. would love that, and I would love if Trent tried to break her out of jail. Yes. No. You know what I'm looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking forward to the inevitable duet between her and Hugh Grant in Paddington Two. Now that they're both <laughs> in prison. Uh-huh. Oh God. He gets oh, transferred to the same prison, you know or she what? gets extradited to the, the UK. The likelihood that Rebecca Bunch starts a prison theater troupe is extremely high. There's a non-zero chance. That, there is definitely a non-zero chance. I'm sad yeah. she's not a criminal lawyer, because she's not like a criminal. She's a- Real estate. Yeah, right. Because yeah. then she would get like a Batman's going to jail kind of thing. <laughs> like all of her, all of her people no, all that she put away are like, Bunch is here. All the people she screwed out of a sale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you know who shanks. I would really like to see represent Re- Rebecca? Audra Levine. Bring back Audra Levine. Mm-hmm. Let this like oh, passive aggressive yeah. weird situation play out where she's also really good at her job. Like, yeah. God, I would love I would love that. That'd be nice. I would love that. We can get a Darryl. Jap battle reprise. Ooh. Oh. If I could see Daryl fuck up every attempt to get her out. Just like <laughs> just okay, uh, here's this motion. This is you filed this all wrong. Like it's not filled out correctly. Motion denied. <laughs> Rebecca's just like what? Back because to the, back to jail. Paula's yeah, yeah. not helping or something because right. she thinks Rebecca she's, needs yeah, to get herself so out. Yeah, yeah. It would make total but sense. that last moment. This was actually a good place to end uh, because I think this was one of Donald and Chamberlain's best episodes oh, she's ever. So good. She's so funny at the beginning. She's so heartbreaking in the middle and so lovely at the end. And one of my favorite things that this show has done consistently is like always in really chaotic moments they find a way to recenter this. Paula Rebecca friendship mm-hmm. because the pilot ends with the two of them together. The first season nearly ends with the two of them together because they have that reunion at mm-hmm. the wedding before she sends Rebecca off to try to get Greg, which then leads immediately to Josh. Mm-hmm. And then season two ends with the two of them on the cliff holding hands and Josh Tran must be destroyed. What did you have in mind? And then season three ends here with Rebecca st- standing in court deciding that she can, in fact, be held responsible for her actions and mm-hmm. Paula just looking at her and accepting that this is what she's going to do and feeling, who knows, uh, pride, happiness, sorrow, any number of things. It's a complicated little cocktail. Satisfaction. She's, yeah, satisfaction. A little bit. Justice. It's, it's a lovely, lovely moment. Mm. And that... I, that relationship is so dynamic and has been to so many interesting places and it seems to be able to sustain all of them. Yeah. Like anything you want to put the Rebecca Paula relationship through and I'm talking about narratively not the resiliency of their friendship. Mm. Like I'm talking about the <laughs> meta text I guess. Um, you'd think that at a certain point we'd get sick of seeing Rebecca disappoints Paula Yeah. but every time it's different. It's like a new way right. of one disappointing the other or one frustrating the other. Right and Paula's ability to to really, you know, that's being tested now, but her ability to forgive Rebecca each time is just another wonderful layer to their friendship, too. Yeah. Like, that changes the dynamic each time she forgives her. That scene of her playing the voicemail over and over again was one of my favorite moments of the it's episode. Yeah. Well, hey. Yeah. I thought it was good. Did I, y'all think it was good? Quite so. I quite thought it was solid. good. Me too. Yeah. I had I had some qualms, I don't know if it was as good minor. as Trent 
Trent. Trent. Well, Trent was in Terabang. Amazing. Well, in the, I'm curious if you agree with this. For me, the most moving moments of the season were not in this episode, but the standout episode of the season for me was Josh's ex girlfriend is crazy. Mm -hmm. Was Swim Chan. Yes. As it's, oh. as it's more commonly just known. Just like formally, on a formal level, that's one of the best yeah. episodes of it's the season. Ju- it's so daring. For, it's like, it's something Joseph all its Joseph directed that episode, didn't he? Yeah. Whoa, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. Joseph Detention <laughs> Con. Yeah. And they shot it like a movie. And I don't mean that in the obnoxious, t- it's not, it's really an 18 hour movie sense. Right. I mean like the blacks are blacker. And no, like, Joseph mm-hmm. Con's like the real deal though. Yeah, yeah I, totally. I, I, I think I it's incredible. I think it's a really, really, he also directed the, um, opening credits this season that's also him oh, okay gotcha yeah um <laughs> i'm my, not a fan of the opening credits neither am i see it, I like it hasn't the... gotten better since season two what i like that oh i, I mean yeah. i like that i but don't it's like not the... a better delayed gag joke than no. the blam well the blam is the, best. the blam is and the then best. watching trent do the blam oh my god yeah. just <laughs> pure bliss yeah pure bliss anyway you can read more about the crazy ex-girlfriend finale on the av club sorry cos now they don't yeah, no, they're rough and time with it um <laughs> i've got all kinds like a lot of writing about the show on the site including a piece that i ran this week um about the way that crazy ex-girlfriend is using reprises which is pretty unique in the history of musicals because it's the longest running musical tv show to actually have original music all the way through sorry gallivant sorry gallivant oh, yeah, R. I but even then gallivant's reprise were within episodes they didn't do like there's nothing no, like that face no, no, your fears no, reprise no. where something comes back years later like there's yeah. there's no I public. like the gallivant reprise in the very finale yeah like, yeah, yeah that's totally. great yeah that's very nice anyway also at consequenceofsound.net you can read a ranking of the 25 best songs of the show including one audible mention and one tie so it's actually 27 <laughs> so it's and, a lot more complicated um, by the time this episode airs you will also be able to read an interview with Donalyn Champlin who is just a delightful human being mm-hmm. so now I think we should move on to our individual picks because we talked about that for for a while. <laughs> True. But there's a lot to say. I'm curious to know what the best thing, Mr. Jacob Aller, you watched this week was. This comes with a bit of a caveat. I did find a news peg to tie it to. Okay. But works for me. I've mostly just been watching The Wire. Uh, Dude, you haven't seen The Wire? It's for the first time. You need to watch The Wire. I know. Uh, so I just finished season three of The Wire, and there is an oral history. That has been released called mm. All the Pieces Matter, the Inside Story of the Wire. And A, it's fantastic, the show in the book. And B, there are so few examples of really good writing, like insider writing about things that are regarded as the best of all time of a medium. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the quotes on the cover of the book is about this is like being able to talk to LeBron James mid-flight for a dunk or talk to Da Vinci while he's like mid-brush stroke. Because these people, like everybody is opening up and so candid about probably going in history as the greatest show of all time. Mm-hmm. And it is incredible if you, especially if you're just diving in, because if you're like me and since you're listening to this podcast, you're probably like me. <laughs> when you watch a show it consumes your whole life, and so you want to have a conversation with somebody to to flesh it out and make sure it's not just you, you know, falling into this hole by yourself. And this book really did that for me. And also, the show's great. Also, the show. Also, is Michael great. B. Jordan is in it, yeah. and in Black Panther. Boom! Another news peg. Yeah. Spoiler: <laughs> Michael B. Jordan is in Black Panther. Yeah. Um, I was after we 
after the Black Panther screening, I was walking down the street with Dominic Suzanne Mayer, film editor of Consequence of Sound. Mm-hmm. And I told him that the only problem I have with Michael B. Jordan's acting is that every time that I sense that the character he's playing is even in just a little bit of danger, I just have to stop myself from yelling, where's Wallace? Wallace! Yeah. Where's Wallace? Wallace? Yeah, I have all the pieces matter waiting for me at home, so I'm really excited Ooh, to get into nice. it. And if you're man. in season three, where whereabouts are you uh, No, three? I just started season four. Okay, great. I Oof. am on the pilot of season four. Good God. Just mm-hmm. get ready. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it opened up with like, look at all these kids having a summer. And I'm like, oh God, those kids, they're having a <laughs> summer. <laughs> I think the season four rendition of Way Down on the Hole is my favorite, Oh, too. it's so oh, yeah. fucking good. It's so good. Because season two's is the worst rendition. I need to power through season the two. Tom, That's where the I'm Tom at. Waits version? I don't like it. You don't like the original? What? Tom, It's Tom Waits' song. Is that the way? The I'm assuming. God, now I'm hoping that I'm not wrong. It's uh, the version with all the brass in it. I don't when remember. When you walk through the garden, is it that one? Yeah, yeah. Th- yeah. This that's is Tom, Tom Waits. Waits. I'm not yeah. like a. I'm not a huge Tom Waits guy. Oh, I love no. him. I can. I can only. But Tom Waits sus- for no man. I can sustain the. Uh, yeah. Oh, but this is his colorful voice. I'm like. Ah, that's you know fine. what? Someday, just for me, just because mm-hmm. you uh-huh. like me. Um, Look at his early stuff when he was still kind of a crooner, which oh. you would never in a million years believe. Before he started eating cigarettes? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Just shoveling um, gravel down yeah, his throat? Yeah, but there, his, um, God, I think it's his first album. An early album, anyway, called "Closing Time," is just like beautiful, and there's okay. a song on it that will rip your heart through your ass called oh, "Martha." Um, that's just amazing. Anyway, nice. "Closing Time" by Tom Waits. I am gonna move on from the Wire season three to another kicky on the balls thing <laughs> um, from Kate Kulsik, uh, who yeah. chose "Don't Ask, Don't Tell," the most recent episode of American Crime Story: The Assassination of Gianna Versace. Um, it's a really great showcase for Finn Woodrock, who I think Ryan Murphy has mostly asked to do ludicrous man boy things into this point yeah. uh, and he is really really great um, in this episode which is about uh, a real life interview that this person gave about being gay in the military before the repeal of don't ask don't tell and it's amazing so that's a really great pick from is her that the episode is it an episode where it's just two people talking for most of it have you no, seen okay. that's um that last the episode? house by the lake okay. that was the <laughs> previous one okay. yeah, yeah. which also is incredibly good yeah i think we highlighted it last time yeah, yeah. okay yeah that's what i was remembering i was like yeah. it sounds mm-hmm. like sounds with cody fern mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i picked <laughs> Wait for uh, it. dc's legends of tomorrow daddy darkest oh um, i'm so happy they just they just are going for it they keep knocking it out of the park i'm so here for that things. ludicrous nonsense i i cannot john constantine yeah (laughs) he's a perfect fit for the for that show and just watching harpsichord theme kicks in him like make bedroom eyes at sarah lance and leonard snart and well because who wouldn't right it was just such a delight. I am so always so happy to watch that show because we there are a lot of there's a lot of superhero shit you can watch right now. Yeah, and some of it is very good and some of it is not so good, but almost all of it takes itself really seriously. And Legends <laughs> does not. Well, no, it's because no, no. it's the bench of the DC TV totally. universe. Yeah. They're like, mm, you got benched. Welcome to Legends of Tomorrow, baby. Yeah, yeah. We, just, we have more fun here. Who wants shots? Mm-hmm. Right. It's the it's just so fun. Welcome to Triple A, the Triple A League. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, which is funny because of DC TV the person who I think does the best job of actually selling that they could in fact probably kick your ass in real life is Katie Lotz who's the you know yeah, the linchpin of the yeah. show mm. for me she's like head and shoulders above the 
rest. Every time I watch her, I'm like, yeah, Jesus Christ, look at this. Yeah. You are so good at this, like, this specific job. I'm not saying I want her to show up <laughs> on like the next American crime story or something. Like, yeah. I'm not sure I want her rending her garments or anything Unless. like that. I mean, Unless. Unless. But watching her, like, run around and kick things like and, like, swing vamp at people. and, yeah. like, wiggle her eyebrows and shit. I'm so into it. She's I so, really, so really good. love it. Yeah, I did. Did I, I know you caught it. Did you happen yeah. to catch this no, episode? No, I don't. You do, he's I like, don't, I don't, I don't partake. I don't watch shows for little babies. It's, <laughs> it's not a little baby show. No, no. I, I think, especially in the last two seasons, one of the unsung heroes of not only Legends, but maybe the whole like Arrowverse in general, is just Neil McDonough as Damian Dark, who's having the, the time of his life in every single episode you know what's, he's doing. You're not, am I remembering correctly that you're not an Arrow watcher? I am. I do occasionally watch it. Okay. I'm not Because anything, he, yeah. as Damian Dark, was such a bummer on Arrow, uh-huh. was like a way overpowered villain mm-hmm. that I he mean a he's a very good four. actor but like it just it w- didn't really do it for me it was yeah. too much and then they popped him onto Legends and all of a sudden it was like yeah well, he starts out in like Miami Vice gear in the 80s and it's just Neil McDonough Vamping, just it up. vamping. Oh, it's God. the bad. He's just. It's just so much ham is being consumed on that show. I love it. It's so fantastic. Yeah, and then Constantine like dropping tenth Doctor quotes out of nowhere. Yep. Alon Alonzo. Yeah, just like right. just because the writers like Doctor Who. Yep. It, there's no real rhyme. Or He's reason. a Time Lord. He's Everyone a, knows this. He's yes. got a trench coat. He does have a trench coat he and does. a British accent. I'm still sort of wrapping my head around all the the Zari uh, totem stuff and like the the water, oh, the vixen subplots and everything is sort of still a bit of a drag. But... Yeah, I think you're already overthinking it. Yeah, I think the key with legends is to just not give a shit and have a good time. It's it's <laughs> true. I just I wish those I wish the scene those scenes were having a better time yeah, than they were. That's true because uh, I feel like those scenes are the closest they get to really taking themselves. All right, seriously. Clint, what did you pick? Let's see. I picked a show that just premiered on Netflix uh, the day before we recorded, and I watched it uh, right before recording it's called everything sucks it's a coming of age show that takes place in the 90s so now we've arrived at the point where there's a new decade we can mine for nostalgia Ooh, there's a coming of age story for me uh, indeed uh for from when i the came person who was eight when the 90s ended right and i was a little bit cynical of it when i first started but it actually like grows into something really really um interesting uh there's like more than a little bit of a freaks and geeks vibe to it okay. where there's like differing it just follows like several different kids there's like this group of geeky freshmen these these senior kids who are actors to the point of being obnoxious teen actors who like recite to each other in like Shakespearean monologue and like Wait, are you telling big, me there's like, a theater shows? kid couple yes and not like a theater kid just orgy is from what uh, right, I from yeah. what I just assume happens in every right. high no, school as, theater as, group. as Mean Girls has told us mm-hmm. no but it's I don't know there's just something about it that is just so surprisingly heartfelt and sensitive because it largely centers around um, there's this outsider freshman girl who's just discovering that uh, that she's gay and she doesn't really know how to express that because we're also we're going back to the times not just of surge and dial up modem but uh, of a much greater insensitivity to you know, to homosexuality and uh, a much looser attitude towards bullying. And they have to deal with that. And her dad's the principal who is not nearly as jacked as the principal in Black Lightning, Ooh. but I digress. I know, but he's really sweet. And uh, she, ends, well, she ends up getting into this 
forming this erstwhile relationship with uh, with one of the main characters who uh, really likes her, but doesn't know that she's gay because she doesn't really know either. It reminds me of a lot of the adolescent sort of dramedy stuff, uh, like the slightly more dramatic parts of Big Mouth, but it still has a little bit of... Uh, I'm two-thirds of the way through the season. It's, it's just, it's really sweet, surprisingly sweet. The soundtrack is on point. Episode two does for Wonderwall what Lady Bird did for Crash. Hot take. Boy. I know. Ooh. As uh, if Wonderwall needed it. <laughs> I know, right? It's already such a perfect thing uh, on its own. But yeah, that's my that's my pick. I Surprisingly solid. I enjoyed it. We've got one last thing to talk about in this week before we get to our overly specific shit and our next week picks, uh, which is our pick for who won late night this week yes. in a segment that we call last week, this week, because we are fucking hilarious. We are so clever. Um, so... I was super into this episode of The Rundown with mm-hmm. Robin Thede, um, which I admit I usually just catch segment by segment, which is how I consume most late night TV with the exception of the occasional Last Week Tonight, or um, which is almost back, which I'm really excited yeah. about. Um, we really could use some John Oliver right now. <sighs> yes. like I'm really ready for it. Um, and Full Frontal, which yeah. I catch in its entirety most weeks. And I was so glad to like sit and watch the whole thing. And I thought basically every segment was terrific this yeah, week. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, this is the first First time I'd seen any of it. Uh, this is Isn't my, she great? She is great. She's yeah. great. She's so she's whip smart, fast. She's so she's fast. Great. Yeah. No. And she well, she captures that kind of Samantha B rage too, where she's just furious at all this shit that's going on and is ready with a quip. Yeah. But thankfully, it doesn't have that thing I that really drags John Oliver down for me, which yeah. every episode feels like a, a long term paper, like a long yeah. thesis, mm-hmm. where I'm well, like, this is very well researched. I'm tired. And you can see <laughs> the seams where he stitches in the jokes too. Right, 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 right. This felt like a lot more like organic, organic is the wrong little, word, but yeah. like it definitely grew out of emotion. It feels more consistent throughout mm-hmm. the entire episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then one of the highlights of this was uh, having Larry Wilmore pop yeah. in for a little monologue about the whole Rob Porter scandal, which was nice Love and me, cathartic. Yeah. I miss... I really miss the nightly show. I really miss the it. Not show it too. wasn't always a total home run. Every once in a while you'd tune in, and I'd be like, "This isn't quite working for yeah. me." But man, I really miss it. And but it was it, just so it should nice. Should have been given the time to grow into the thing. It, totally. it could have been. It, one of my favorite things that he does, and he does it twice in his little segment, um, is he manages to slip in the jokes like they're just a part of conversation, so they go past you so fast that they're easy <laughs> to miss. Yeah. And the two that I really loved, I wrote them down. Trump has something in common with these men, and it's not just thin, criminally thin lips. And then he just moves on <laughs> right like really fast and shout out to hunter harris yeah <laughs> and it's that trump's been accused of everything under the sun he can't stop staring at <laughs> right because yeah, it just like it was so fast and then he moves on and i just really love it i also really loved the interview with john legend yeah you mean john legendary no no, no. john legend Fine. of tomorrow <laughs> yes john no. legends of tomorrow um I, not just because that was like cheekbones on cheekbones, like they both yeah. have incredible cheekbones, but it, it was a really smart interview. John um, Legend's a thoughtful dude. Yeah. I thought it was just really smart and funny. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was really, really well, neat. It was a very Daily show He can't body dive. roll for shit, though. No. Well, he seemed very reluctant. Yeah. Like, he did that under the pressure of, of, of a camera. Totally. Like, yeah. But come on. Yeah. Body roll. Yeah. As Crazy Ex Girlfriend taught us, body rolls are really hard. <laughs> there we Encyclopedic go. is what it is. <laughs> yes. Incredible. <laughs> yes. It's beautiful. Um, but yeah, I thought, I mean, I thought that the whole thing was pretty great. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. I'm looking forward to seeing more. I'm sure we'll return to it at some point. Yeah. Uh, and this would be a great time for an ad break or break. just some yakety sex. 
welcome back to TV Party. It's a party about television. Uh, in this segment of the show, we pick an overly specific thing of the week. We call it the overly specific thing of the Again, week. Again, we're very clever. I'm going to kick off with Kate Kulsix, um, which I don't want to dwell on it's too like much. she's here, right? I wish she was here. Her spirit fuck lingers. Fuck you guys, and fuck I'm, your brothers. Uh, um, I'm an only child, though. Uh, well, No, I got a brother. No, okay. Well, you can, you can, you can take one for the team. Um... He can, uh, at least. Kate yeah. um, intended to talk about um, her overly specific thing was the children are our future of the week. Dealing with the public responses of Parkland students, both on social media and when interviewed for various news networks, that mm. has today, um, we're recording on Saturday, gone on to include students speaking at rallies. And it's just incredibly moving and inspiring. Yeah. And it, like gives me some hope in a time when I don't have much hope. And I think it because it's easy to forget, especially when so much of the news is total fucking garbage, um, that one of the really important things that television can do is cast a light on important moving yeah um life-changing world-changing shit and i feel like it's kind of life-affirming especially seeing the signal to noise ratio bump just a little bit more in the favor of reasoned debate and earnest calls for reform and change from people who like are that much harder to dismiss because they literally just went through this and they came right out of the gate ready like they're they weren't afraid to politicize it which is the thing that should be happening Uh, and they're so articulate about it yeah I, I don't even know what else. It's the to yeah. necessarily specific thing of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to uh, cut some of that because I think it's really important. And if you like me, try to sort of limit your exposure in really bad weeks to really traumatic stuff. I encourage you to seek out this stuff because it's really important yeah. and these kids deserve to be heard. Anyway, I'm going to pick the shopping spree of the week. Oh Anissa, who I just love on Black Lightning, uh, got herself a superhero costume. Yeah. Um, my partner, who is a big fan of the Black Lightning comics, assures me that it is very close to the actual costume for Thunder, the character that she's sort of building up to play. Mm-hmm. He's got much cooler powers in Black Lightning, too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. The nice. breath control thing I find super very, fascinating. Very, very mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, but it was just so much fun watching her in this place that like, it just looked like Ragstock or something. Like It looked like somewhere you could go in Chicago before you went to the Pride Parade to get right. yourself an outfit. We only sort of see it in montage form, but when she leaves and the very nice sales clerk who is helping her is like, good luck saving people, you superhero, or whatever he says. I was like, did she just straight up tell him what she was doing? Because if so, that's amazing. Hey, what are you doing? Watch this shit. Yeah. Oh. Did cool. you need me to move some boxes for you? And then yeah. it all goes. Anyway, right. um, I'm still really enjoying Black Lightning. It's a little inconsistent, like almost all shows on the CW but I think it's just when it's good it is fucking great and I had so much fun watching that segment yeah nice it's really yeah. good it's good like because of I'm gonna tie back to Black Panther because it is standalone it's not a part of the Arrowverse it's just doing its own thing and it gives it a lot more freedom to to make that shit punch mm-hmm. when it needs to yeah. yeah, absolutely. Totally. Jacob, what was your pick of the week? Uh, so I had best trailer that uh, makes me want to go back and watch a whole series of the week. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so they released the trailer for the fifth season of Voltron Legendary Defender. Yes. The anime ass anime that's on Netflix. Yeah. It's from the uh, Korra people, right? I haven't seen any of it. So I watched that trailer and it's fucking bananas. It's crazy. It's great. It's a good show. I'm caught up on it. It's a fantastic yeah, show. Yeah. So the trailer involves these teens with big 
like Gundam Voltron suits, mm-hmm. and there is a giant intergalactic war because this dude's been alive for 10,000 years, and he's ruling the galaxy, and then he was gone, and his son was there, and his son is evil, and maybe he's not evil now because he's helping the good guys, and it's fucking crazy, and this yeah. show is for kids. Well, the best part about the show, well, besides its awesome voice cast, like Tyler Labine plays oh. uh, Reese Darby's in it. What? Yeah, no, he's fantastic. The whole thing's fantastic. But the best part is, like, it's about these kids getting sucked into this, like, intergalactic war and, like, the logistics of, like, building a resistance movement from scratch. Like, mm. they have to, like, go recruiting and wow. convincing, like, smaller worlds to rise up and stuff. Like, they, they get into the nitty gritty of that kind of stuff. And it's surprisingly. It surprisingly works for a kid show, especially. It's a, great, it's a great trailer because the space stuff looks, because the battles that they're having to, to choreograph in this animation mm-hmm. look incredible, yeah. which is super hard to do when, especially you are probably on a very tight Netflix animation budget when you have to like push this stuff out because every animation on Netflix besides maybe Big Mouth and Bojack mm-hmm. look terrible. Yeah. Putting this into a... Uh, like an action movie that is also for kids that is also constructing the space universe. I'm like, this is really impressive. It's really, I can vouch for it. I really like it. Cool. What about you, Clint? Mine is the uh, horny lovebirds, but also scientists of the week. I am a huge fan of drunk history. I'm really glad it's back. And the most recent episode was the sex episode where they talked about different historical women and who, uh, developed you know new techniques in sex whether it's uh, margaret sanger on birth control or the kinseys which is my actual pick the segment that uh, gabe liebman does on the story of the kinseys played by josh charles and jillian bell oh is God. drop dead <laughs> hilarious oh God. uh and the horny the horny lovebirds but also scientists is a direct quote from the episode and he's just such this joyous figure the narrator himself i hadn't seen him before but he's just just beautiful like be- beaming smiles and everything it's it's fantastic and uh but i don't want to sell short the third and final segment which is about Gloria Steinem and her initial like her undercover investigation of the Playboy Mansion and like going undercover as a bunny Abby Jacobson plays Gloria Steinem and Jane Krakowski is also there as Shara Lee the bunny mother oh my god it's so great and Katie Nolan who is known mostly as a sports commentator she's a sports panelist on ESPN and Fox Sports and stuff she's the narrator and she's she does a fantastic job and uh, it's one of the more solid episodes of Drunk History because you get some duds every now and then but uh this one like all three all three segments were just they knocked them out of the park they're dynamite that if you've never read Gloria Steinem's reporting about her time at the Playboy Mansion it's fucking essential it's like just great like still. I read all of that as soon as Hefner died like that was my yeah. impetus to read that and I was like holy yeah. shit yeah <laughs> yeah now we're gonna talk a little bit about what's coming up next week next week what I'm most excited about is the premiere of seven seconds uh, which is the new show from Netflix uh, I believe it's from one of the executive producers of the killing yes. yeah it's essentially a season-long um, you know investigation into the death of this black boy by a police officer in New York City but the cast is amazing the the woman the legend Regina King is in it Claire Hope Ashete who I know from Children of Men is uh I think one of the police oh. officers in charge of oh, it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah, she's fantastic. I watched the trailer. The trailer is phenomenal. I mean it's 
it's very intense. It's that kind of doubt. It's exactly what you expect out of whoever made the killing. It's that very intense, long drawn out police investigation. But it's it's going to deal a lot with uh, with a lot of really topical issues right now, like police brutality, the relationship of the police to uh, young black men, and the reaction of the community towards mm-hmm. that. I mean, it looks like it's going to be really fascinating, and I cannot wait to. And see if you it. don't have time to watch that whole season, you can just watch one episode of Queer Eye, and that's it. Make exactly. It then, the whole then, thing. then, then, yeah, I was like, exactly. I was like, I can't believe racism isn't over. I know exactly the. <laughs> same tone exactly yeah. the same depth yes. i don't know why you'd have the same to waste nuance. that much time yeah. I, I mean i guess i got it i got everything i needed out of it in 45 minutes um miss kate kalsik picked the amazing race finale which i am God, it's so like she's a ghost impressed uh, that first of all you should listen to the televers kate's podcast because it's amazing mm-hmm. but the amount of tv that co- they cover on that show is staggering to me yeah. like we are Garbage. Yeah, we're just getting <laughs> I started. Think and of I already a, feel snowed. I under. couldn't think of a word, and it's they just. I don't know. I'm not sure how they do it. It's Kate Kulsik and Noel Kirkpatrick, and they are just like they watch everything and they talk about everything. And then on top of it, they manage to work in a segment with a guest where they talk about uh, a full season of a show. Um, they call it DVD shelf every no. week. It's just no. I don't know how they I'm do so, it. I'm too tired. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm already out of my great. depth just doing. There this. are only it's, so many hours. Yum, yum, in yum. The day. It's great, but somehow. She finds time to watch The Amazing Race, apparently. It's just amazing. Wow. So um, it's an amazing race that she runs. Oh, well. uh, uh, I was also excited about The Return of Last Week Tonight, which we've already sort of covered, so I'm going to skip past that. Yeah. Um, I picked uh, this week's RuPaul's Drag Race because at a certain point, RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, I should be clear. Yes. They're, different. They're different entities. Um, so last year, I think one of the most exciting moments on television was this incredible reveal during All-Stars that uh, all of the contestants who'd been eliminated had been watching what was going on in the workroom from behind a mirror. Um, And they were all brought back so that one could potentially be (laughs) rescued. So the mirror in which they were all doing drag all of a sudden just like, lights up and you can see all of these drag queens staring at these women who've been gossiping and talking shit about them and it's like oh it was so it was this really it's like that I was hungry but that fed me (laughs) my life force will sustain off of that for years you were hungry but now you're thirsty it's a a hell of a moment Uh, it's really great and Drag Race has always been good at at hitting (laughs) these really big reality TV moments Um, but this year what they've been doing is they've set up this framing device that I have to admit I have a like a little and don't totally love. Because one of them like killed a kid. No. <laughs> what so, I don't know a lot about um, drag race. When yeah. the when this when this season of All, All Stars Drag Race started, there was a kind of a joke where you see the two previous winners, Chad Michaels and Alaska Thunderfuck Five Thousand, walking God, down the street. Feel just awful after yeah. that. In um, uh, Handmaid's Tale outfits oh. uh, saying like bless be and bless be the fruit mm. and may the Lord open mm-hmm. and all that stuff mm-hmm. and talking about like trying to gossip about uh, I'm sorry Kiki about drag race and not really being able to because the world is such garbage and I was like okay fine whatever but then at the end of that episode and every episode since the eliminated queen is doing her interview that you always see somebody do on one of these shows and they're talking about like I'm not ready to go but I guess it was my time and whatever um, and then a TV would light up and you'd see RuPaul in front of that handmaid's background the wall with the blood on it <laughs> right and she says bless be kitty girl and um, then you see Chad and Alaska walking up behind the queen who's doing this interview mm-hmm. um, saying like your journey may not be over yet whatever and I am not the only person to have this thought 
at the time I had it, I was convinced that I was a genius and I'd be the only one who figured this out. Right. And then I spent two seconds on the internet and realized, like, no, everybody thinks this. <laughs> that means that there is an I in the Drag Race workroom that one of the contestants is actually a spy who is reporting back to RuPaul about what's happening in the workroom. And... Um, I'm just totally sure that this is happening and it has to come back at some point because there aren't that many episodes of All-Stars. I think they're doing 10 and we're already at five. So like at a certain point, it has to happen. And my guess is that it's going to happen this week. Um, They just eliminated a really charming queen who was obviously out of her depth and... That's my role on this show. No, that's (laughs) mine. So Chi-Chi Devane went home. Oh, no. Um... Bless her heart. And but this is Georgia it's just here. Yes. basically, yeah. Um, she's from Georgia, so I guess Nailed I'm it. great. Yeah. At a certain point, they're just gonna they're gonna have to deal with whatever this twist is. And they just came off of Snatch Game, which is typically the biggest episode of the year, and it didn't happen then. So now there's gonna be another one. And I'm who's just, your mark? Who do you think it is? Well, they introduced a queen in the first episode of the season who wasn't announced to be on the cast, mm. who is the winner of the first season. And All Stars is for people who aren't. Who haven't won the show, like a Project Runway oh, All Stars or anything you, else like you that? You metagamed yourself out of this twist, basically. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it because she showed up. Because at the time, I was like, "Oh well, it makes perfect sense." Drag Race was still on Logo then. You can't watch the first season anywhere, like it's without oh, unless you're uh, finding it okay. illegally somewhere. Right. Like you can't buy it, you can't stream it. Logo doesn't show it. Mm. It's not available anywhere. I think it's a music licensing oh, issue. Okay, yeah. And BB Zahara Benet, this queen, was great. On the first season of Drag Race. Like, I was watching in a friend's apartment, and we didn't know what we were in for, and then mm-hmm. it was just amazing, and a lot of the queens were great, but she was the obvious winner, and just hasn't had the same experience as the rest of the queens, because people who are discovering Drag Race now that it's on VH1 are able to go back. Right. So a lot of those queens from early on, are their following is still growing, mm-hmm. and Bibi just never had that experience. And so she's turned so it into a So when she came in... Basically, yeah. when she showed up, I was like, you know what? That makes perfect sense. I wouldn't want to see any of the other winners return. But BB is never as a winner of Drag Race. It was like a much smaller prize. She hasn't mm-hmm. had the visibility, all of that stuff. It wasn't life changing. Yeah, she didn't her, go like, on tour. After it that sounds like she's exactly. the war doctor of, of Drag Race it, winners, yes, where she's totally. just been forgotten. She is the absolutely the war doctor of Drag Race. <laughs> um, but now once I started thinking about the Handmaid's Tale connection and how that's such a fundamental part of that story is that you never know when someone could be watching you. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, well, someone's an I. And then it occurred to me that, like, well, BB really still shouldn't be on the show. She is a winner, so of course she's a spy. And sure enough, every week since, she's been in the middle. Mm-hmm. Even this week when she was in the bottom, they went from, like, a bottom five to a bottom three, and she wasn't in it. So she's never been, she's been near the top but not at the top, near the bottom, not in the bottom. She's been safe every week, and every time when you were getting her little talking head stuff, it's just funny little quips. <laughs> she's just not a presence. She isn't getting a story. Mm. She's just there. So she's oh, totally she a fucking spy. she will be getting a story. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I have a feeling that's about to happen, and if I just ruin Drag Race for you... I'm sorry, yes. but I'm just calling this. Yeah. This is my Caroline Sita predicting what happens, and the and, and this right. is us moment. Yeah, there you go. Me and a bunch of other saw people. the crockpot before we went into the room. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Ooh, um, yeah. we've got one last little segment. Sure. Uh, it's one of my favorites. No, my individual pick. It's oh, I'm so my sorry. Thing. I'm excited about stuff. Do it. Uh, my exciting thing is the tick is coming back. The part two of its first season is coming back uh, on Friday, and the like mid-season premiere is hilarious because it reminds me how well that show uses its budget. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't have a doesn't have a huge budget. It's got a budget, 
but for a superhero show, the way it uses it is so weird and funny because a lot of like the Arrowverse shows try to make these fun looking costumes and these cool looking lab sets and stuff like that. Mm. The tick makes everything look kind of goofy and garbagey <laughs> and rubbery and dumb, just kind of as a joke. And then it does like some really dumb special effects thing and pours all of its money into that just for a dumb gag. Uh, there is a part where the tick shoots him out, shoots himself out of a cannon and then explodes in a graveyard. Uh, and then just like this huge dust cloud. There's a part where Arthur meets a scientist and the scientist turns out to be uh, very, very small. And so they do a lot of really fun things where Arthur's just like carrying around this little baby man. Oh, no. uh, it is a fantastic return. Uh, we get to see. Oh, what's his name? The The watchman guy. Uh, Jackie Earl. Oh, Jackie Earl Haley. Jackie Earl yeah, Haley. Yeah. So the terror, we get to, we get some good terror moments. Uh, Jackie plays the drums in the episode. He actually plays them because he plays the drums in real life with a band. Yeah. Well, and it's I incredible. Hope not by himself, just it's, at a subway station. You know. Yeah. Sorry about there for an actor. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but it's great. Well, now uh, <gasps> I'm gonna. Red how about this? I'm off. gonna go stare in the mirror and sing "You Stupid Bitch" to myself about almost skipping Mr. Aller's pick here. <laughs> well, Clint tells us about, in very brief terms, the <laughs> Discovery Special title of the week. Oh, it will be brief. I was looking around for the weirdest title that I could find on Discovery Channel, uh, and I came up with "Moonshiners Sour Mash Unfiltered." From the best I can tell, uh, "Moonshiners." is a show that is currently in its seventh season. It's a good show. I've seen some of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have you really? Oh, God, that's awesome. Where it's just, it's just about I am from the South. Yeah, it's like backwoods <laughs> moonshiners, but like some of them are like doing artisanal shit with mm-hmm. the moonshine and like trying to outrun the law. And I'm reading the description. It's so over the top, like on Futon Critic. It's just hilarious. Each moonshiner must rely on his wits to walk the razor's edge. Like, come on, guys. You're just making a hooch. But yeah, I just, I just really enjoyed but that. But they're not uh, paying taxes on the hooch. Oh, no. They don't have, they don't, they're not licensed for hooch. Yes. They also have to like rely on making the big payday. And it's, it's, it looks ridiculous, but I, I just, I love uh, that title. I'm sorry. I'm going home to immediately add this to my yes. series. Better. Seven seasons. Better than Ice Road Truckers. I'm sure. But what isn't? Well, that is going to do it for TV. Unless anybody else, additional thoughts? Anything else that you want to say about Black Panther? No, it's great. And we don't really have much to say about Star Trek Discovery's finale. You'll see my piece about Black Panther in the Hollywood Report next week. Hello. I wrote my own individual review, but I feel really insecure about it. I'm not reviewing it because I am white as the day is long. Right. And I have no real opinion that will be different than anybody who could articulate it better than me. That's kind of how I feel. Hard same. All right. Well, in that case, we're going to end this. I was about to say get this party started, but that's not that's not how this works. Uh, Yeah, we're going to shut it down. Um, The cops are here. We're going to end by saying things like, thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter at TV Party COS. You can't find us on Facebook yet, so fuck your brother. Uh, (laughs) If you have a question like answered, please find us on Twitter and reach out. You can say whatever you want. We'll answer questions. We'll do whatever you like. Um, Sexual favors, you name it. (laughs) Uh, You can leave us a review on iTunes or Podchaser. Um, TV Party is a production of the Consequence Podcast Network. Check out our expanding roster of music, film, and television podcast programming at consequenceofsound.net. There's a new one. Did you see Halloweenies? Yes, I'm very excited. A Michael excited Myers about that podcast. One. I'm Ooh. stoked. Oh yeah, God. me too. This show myself. is recorded and produced in Chicago, Illinois, and recorded and engineered by this one douchebag, Clint Worthington. Yeah, that's me. Thank you to Jacob for being here yet again. Thank you to Kate Kulsik for 
you'll graciously be saying, hey, don't worry, you don't have to Skype me in for this. Thank you to the, I don't know, the fine people who got us in that Black Panther screening. Yeah. Thank you to, awesome mm, thank you to everybody individually who reached out to tell me, hey, I liked your list, but you omitted this one specific song. <laughs> yes, um, which is inevitable. Yeah, thanks to all those people. And yes. I'm going to go blow my nose and put on some chapstick and then sing You Stupid Bitch in the Mirror. Nice. Bye. Should we have said where we people can find us? In oh, Discord? shit. Yeah. Yes, and I want you to keep all of this because that was such a confident goodbye. A and really I did good. not earn it. it was a you very can find me bye. at Twitter, on Twitter. God damn it, I'm so they tired. You can find you at Twitter? You can find me at Twitter, Man, at Twitter HQ, where I'm constantly trying to find the button that deletes Donald Trump's Twitter account. No, you can find me on Twitter at Allison Shoe. You can also read my shit uh, at the avclub.com, avclub.com, at consequenceofsound.net, at Rodriguez com and some other fine places too. Uh, you can find me in Twitter at Alka Hollywood. Uh, you can also find my film writing and TV writing at Consequence of Sound. And uh, I also co-host two other podcasts, Alka Hollywood, which you can find at AlkaHollywood.com, and Nathan Rabin's Happy Cast, which you can find at NathanRabin.com. You can find me around Twitter at Jacob Aller, and uh, I'm daily doing the news at SciFi.com. I'm doing... TV stuff at Pace Magazine. I'm doing film stuff wherever they'll have me. Thank you so much for listening. Here's my much less confident goodbye. Bye. Oh, really? Consequence Podcast Network.